Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. This week, as President Biden holds on to hope for a bipartisan agreement for major investments in our nation's infrastructure, U.S. Senator Gary Peters of Michigan is traveling the state to advocate for the administration's plan. He was in Grand Rapids Wednesday for conversations with a number of representatives involved in various components of infrastructure, including Mayor Rosalind Bliss, MDOT Director Paul Adjaba, and several others. He participated in similar conversations in Lansing Thursday and is meeting in other cities as well. So we know the president met again this week with Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia. Um, you talked about this a little bit in your stop in Grand Rapids. What are you are you optimistic that he can really make a breakthrough with any of your colleagues on the other side of the aisle? Well, I'm hopeful. I always uh, like to work in a bipartisan way. I think that always uh, is the best way to proceed. And uh, certainly uh, that's how I pass a lot of legislation I'm able to pass as I work with a Republican on the other side. We come together to find common ground. And I would hope that would occur uh, when it comes to infrastructure. Infrastructure should not be a partisan issue. It's about making sure we're making uh, the investments uh, in 21st century infrastructure and broadly defined uh, in a way to include not just uh, roads and bridges, but critical elements like uh, high-speed broadband internet, making sure we have cybersecurity to protect critical uh, infrastructure, underground infrastructure, sewers, water. And I'm hoping uh, that we'll be able to come together and understand that it's this is the time to invest. Uh, this is not should not be considered just spending money. It should be considered uh, investing money. And we're at a time of record low interest rates. This is a time to borrow to make those investments. But certainly we also need to have pay force uh, in addition to that borrowing. But this is a good time to be making those investments. And certainly critical for our, our economy uh, when it comes to the jobs created from construction projects, but critical for our economy broadly. Uh, if you look at the most successful economies in the world, it's because they've invested in infrastructure that powers that economy. Well, so when you think about your time in Congress and before that, your time you know, in public service at the state and local level, it seems like everybody says, well, infrastructure is the one thing you know both sides agree on. And I, I myself get a little tired of that cliche because the only agreement is that, you know, we need good infrastructure. There isn't a lot of agreement about how to pay for it, right? Yeah, that's where it breaks down. We all want infrastructure, although there's a, the top line is always the one that's uh, debated. That's a big part of what it is uh, right now. Uh, I believe that you do need to go big and bold. That's certainly where President Biden is. The, the, what we've been hearing from my Republican colleagues is they want a much uh, smaller package. But the needs are extensive. You look at the amount of money that we need to invest, uh, we should be making that investment. The one thing, and you know full well uh, about uh, infrastructure, it doesn't get any cheaper. Uh, holding off doesn't end up saving taxpayer money. In fact, it means it's more expensive. Uh, if you look at uh, infrastructure that deteriorates, it's always more expensive to fix that than just trying to maintain it and, and uh, make an investments along the, the way. So it, to me, is. As a guy who spent most of my career in the private sector in the investment world, uh, this is an investment that is time is necessary right now to, to make these investments. And so I would hope that that part would not be partisan, but it is uh, because folks have different top lines. Uh, and then the pay force, as you mentioned, is always a, an issue as well. So talk a little bit about that and your your background in, in banking and what you the expertise you bring in that area and what the president's American Jobs Plan 
and his proposed methods of paying for it um, in why you think it's a it's a good plan. Well, you know, he's looking one of part of it will be to roll back some of the, the big tax cuts uh, that occurred a few years ago that primarily benefited just major uh, corporations uh, who have posted uh, record profits, uh, as well as some of the absolute wealthiest uh, individuals uh, in the country. Uh, that big uh, tax break uh, was was about a two trillion dollar impact uh, to the economy. And uh, that two trillion certainly, I believe, would be better suited uh, or better used uh, by investing in infrastructure that benefits everybody in the country, not just a few. So did you hear anything in your conversations today? You had, you know, the MDAC director, Paul Adjiba. You had Grand Rapids Mayor Rosalind Bliss, um, some representatives from the Michigan Infrastructure Council and from the Metropolitan Planning Organization here, the Grand Valley Metro Council, all unique perspectives. Uh, cybersecurity was represented, labor was represented, but the, the plumbers and pipe fitters. Um, anything that, that surprised you or um, I guess that you feel like you can take back and, and talk about with your colleagues in Washington? Well, well, certainly. But, you know, I think the one thing that is really clear, and as I talk to people all across uh, Michigan and listen to what's on their mind, and I'm in the middle of uh, that tour right now before I head back to D.C., I'll be in a number of communities talking to community leaders. One thing that, that comes out loud and clear is the list of, of needs uh, is long. Uh, that was uh, the one thing, uh, as each uh, person talked about uh, some of the challenges that they face and the needs that their communities have, uh, there was no shortage of ideas of things that, that must get done. Uh, and then I challenged them all to uh, to come up with a top priority. And, and even with a top priority, uh, most of them had two or three priorities. It just I think it, it illustrates the magnitude of the problem that we're dealing with when it comes to the infrastructure. So when folks talk about uh, trying to downsize the amount of investment, it's not going to deal with what we have to deal with uh, as a as a country right now. Uh, and uh, and it's thinking more broadly about infrastructure than we have in the in the past. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, here is it's more than roads and bridges. It's all sorts of other kinds of investments, including, as we heard today, cybersecurity, something that. We didn't think about in the last century, but cybersecurity is a critically important piece of infrastructure. It protects our infrastructure and especially critical infrastructure. We just recently experienced a a major hack on a pipeline system that had a major impact on our economy. Just over the weekend, uh, food processors were hit by by a cyber attack. So whenever we're talking about infrastructure, however defined, you also have to be thinking uh, about uh, cyber. So you've been um, an, an advocate. You've been an advocate for this from the the beginning. I mean, um, even in Congress and before then, you were following what's going on with what is now called the Gordie Howe International Bridge and our our partnership with Canada. And I, I like that you talk about it in terms of an investment. You know that uh, the governor decided to you know use some of the bonding capacity to to go out to try to make a dent in our major freeways, especially in the busiest parts of the state with a $3.5 billion investment. And, and she's been criticized by some, you know, because of the debt that's involved in that. But given what you know about investments that pay off and what you know, certainly um, in your background in the banking committee and the house and other parts of that world, um, there is good debt and bad debt. And certainly, not fixing our roads and leaving those to our children and our grandchildren is its own form of debt. Can, can you talk about that? Well, it is. You're absolutely right. It is. And when you're thinking about, uh, you know, good debt, uh, you, you finance long-term projects. 
most people uh, don't pay for their house with cash. They take out a mortgage and they pay for it over their time over time because they know their house will last 30 or more, hopefully a lot more years than that, but you pay for it over a long period of time. It's the same thing uh, with uh, our roads uh, and bridges. These are long-term investments uh, that can be paid for uh, over time, and you borrow money in order to put uh, put the infrastructure in place, which uh, drives the economy. You know, you mentioned uh, the Gordie Howe Bridge is a prime example of that and enhancing trade between Canada and the, the United States. And Michigan benefits so greatly by that international trade. In fact, I think it's, it's interesting that if Michigan were a country, uh, we would be Canada's second largest trading partner in the world, just our state. That's the amount of activity that is generated in our state from Canada. But in order to facilitate that and in order to grow that trade, you need infrastructure and, and make sure that we have uh, other arteries for that trade to occur. So the Gordie Howe Bridge will pay huge dividends uh, over a long period of time. It's worth every penny of an investment up front. Yeah, well said. So you talked a little bit, too, about the impact that a warming planet is having on our, our infrastructure, certainly our, our roads and bridges, and you know what investments in resiliency can do. Um, talk about why that's important. Well, it's critically important, as you mentioned, uh, with climate change. We know, for example, storms, we're, we're getting uh, increased frequency of storms, and not only the frequency, but the intensity of those storms, mass flooding events. And we've seen certainly those events uh, occur uh, in Michigan, and they can cause significant damage, and fixing that damage uh, is very expensive. And uh, it's important, uh, one, when we build that uh, infrastructure, that we build it more resilient, to deal with uh, changing weather patterns, but also we can improve the infrastructure we have now. Part of the improvements is to making it more resilient to a future uh, adverse uh, storm impact. And the numbers are so compelling. As an investment guy, uh, the, the numbers are so clear that every dollar you invest in making infrastructure more resilient, you, you end up uh, saving close to $7 of taxpayer money in the, in the long run. And I think there are very few people who would walk away from an investment when you can tell them uh, you're basically uh, going to save $7 for every dollar you give me. Most people will jump at that. And that's why making these investments uh, are so critical, particularly when it comes to uh, enhancing the resilience of the projects that we're working on. So that people can kind of relate to. That's a tangible aspect of building roads and bridges. Um, what do you say to the, the critics, um, your colleagues on the other side of the aisle who say, this thing is way too broad. You know, you're defining infrastructure way too broadly, and that it's 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 a lot of pork. What's what's your answer to that? Well, it's uh, I don't think you can. Uh, in fact, it came out of the panel today as a prime example. You talk about uh, saying that uh, infrastructure is too broad. We we heard a long list of projects that, that showed that infrastructure, particularly in, in the 21st century, means a lot of things. There's certainly aspects of the president's plan, too, that I think are critical in terms of human infrastructure. It's not just the physical infrastructure, and that's education. So talking about things like making sure that children uh, have access to preschool and uh, pre-K training is another example of an investment. It's not uh, current spending. It really should be viewed as an investment. We know every child that uh, has the opportunity to go to preschool ends up – uh, actually returning the taxpayers a big return on that investment in terms of their lifelong uh, earnings, for example, making sure that community colleges are available for people, skills training. I heard uh, today in the panel from the importance of folks in the building trades. Right now, 
Uh, we have uh, a number of construction projects, so we need to hire more people that have the specialized skills in, in building. Those are great paying jobs and don't uh, require uh, a, uh, a college uh, degree, uh, but uh, you do need skilled training. But that investment in skilled training pays huge dividends, not just to the individuals who go through that training, but society as a whole. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Well, thank you, Senator, for taking time to do this. I really appreciate it. Great to be with you, Jeff. Thank you for all uh, all of your work and leadership. I appreciate you. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.